There is nothing better than talking all about women and wellness. Honestly, my very first retreat in the fall of 2019 after I launched my podcast earlier that year was called the Women Wholeness Retreat, the Women's Wellness Retreat. We played back and forth between these two words. And so to have someone several years later that I can just connect with in all things when it comes to fitness and health and nutrition and mindset and uh, moms and just the way that we as women have to show up in the world. And I say have to, it's of course that get to, but if we don't look at the lens of health and wellness as a have to piece of our identity, we are missing out on so many critical pieces of wealth and fruit that I know God has promised for us because he calls us to steward our bodies and steward them well. And the overflow of that obedience, what it does to our households, what it does to our marriages, our other relationships, and just our own sense of self-worth. God knows that you are beautifully and wonderfully made and you should stand in the mirror feeling the exact same way. And so her heart towards just telling you about your worth, your valuation is beautiful and amazing. And she has so many programs that you could integrate into. And at the start of the year, of course, everybody is doing this. So get in community with people who believe in you. Get in community with people who will create space for you, even in the disasters. Her company, Sweet Disasters, to really instill uh, the sweetness and the mentality towards the sweetness that you carry, but understanding that it might be in the midst of chaos. You've got to tune into this conversation. You're going to get some golden nuggets on how you can be the better version of you this year around health, wellness, nutrition, all the above, and also just being the whole woman that God intended for you to be. Stephanie Polson, thank you so much for being here. You guys are going to love her. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Oh my goodness, coming in hot with season four, January 2022. You are so incredible. I'm so excited to have this conversation because you're going to bring it out with heat and vengeance. And y'all, we are supposed to have a session together showcasing this podcast, showcasing today's incredible guests in season three. But I believe God creates situations. He opens doors without us even knowing what to expect. And I could not have more positioned a better person for the show at this time in this season than Stephanie Polson because she is going to get us in a mindset, a headset, and a heart set towards our health and our wellness. And you know my passion for not only fitness, it's kind of where fit and faith derive from, but more so importantly, towards your wholeness and your alignment. And I believe that that's really where you go after first and foremost. So Stephanie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. 
It's going to be epic. And I'm excited to dive in not only to serve the audience listening right now, but also to just capture your story. I think that's one of the neatest things about podcasting is we have the ability to literally create like a time capsule to all of these relationships. And we got to meet each other this past year at Embrace Your Ambition. And I cannot wait for that one to come out about again in Denver in June 2022. Are you going to be there? Am I going to see you and hug your neck again? I will be there. Yay, awesome. So that was where we started. That's where roots of our foundation came. But tell me about the roots of your, you know, just experience and fitness, nutrition, wellness, wellness, all of those things. Um, so I started where I was an athlete my entire like career, I guess you can say. Um, I started in gymnastics and softball, and I just was always really, really active. I was in that generation that you rode your bike to your friend's house, and your mom didn't have any of your friend's phone numbers. So if she whistled and you didn't come home, you probably were getting in trouble. Um, So we were out all the time, um, and I was just an active kid. And then I, um, my husband joined the military, and I kind of became mom. And so I still kept active. I tried to get out as much as I could because having two small kids in an apartment building just was not conducive. Um, So we were out all the time. We were experiencing life. Um, And then I had two more kids and I fell behind myself and just fell kind of in the wayside. I was putting myself last in a lot of things. Um, I was losing who I was. I didn't, I was labeled based upon the titles and the hats that I wore not based upon who I was. Um, And so I had lost a lot of me and I didn't really know who I was. Um, After I had my last one, my last little kiddo, um, my husband looked at me and he goes, you're about to homeschool all four kids. You're babysitting two more kids. Um, What are you going to do as a hobby? Like, do you have one of those? And I was like, does four kids count? Like taking care and keeping them alive. Does that count? No. He was like, you know, that does not count. That, that doesn't count. And so, um, I, he goes, okay, you have 24 hours. I'm going to give you 24 hours to figure out what your hobby is. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. Thanks for the space, babe. Thanks for the space. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, exactly. And so, um, in 24 hours, I was like, you know what? I guess my friend talks about this fitness thing, like working out all the time. I guess I'll try this. Um, and I was like, I can give myself 30 minutes, right? It's not that hard to give 30 minutes. It was a lot harder than I thought at first um, to remove myself and be able to go, it's okay. The house will not collapse in 30 minutes. And if it does, it's not like I've left. I can handle it. Like, we can do this. Um, and that's where I started. And as I was going through all of it, I realized that, um, I wanted to make sure other women felt like they had a place to come if they were in the same situation I was. Um, I didn't want another woman to ever feel like she couldn't, like she was alone. I never wanted them to be alone. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I need to create a space where, women feel welcomed and they feel okay and that they understand that, you know what, you're not alone and that you have put yourself on the back burner, but now it's time to think about you and thinking about you will in turn make you the better mom, wife, friend, all the other things because you filled your cup and it's time to fill your cup. 
And so um, that's when I started coaching and I turned what was not the best of situations for myself into a full-blown company and great coaching experience. It's so great. And you talked about so many different conversations that are a part of my story as well. I mean, the identity piece is massive, right? And we can talk, we can start there, but it was identity. You were talking about mom guilt, right? And the association that comes with being in that space of, I can't let this go. I'm the best at what I do and what's going to happen if I step out. Also that, uh, uh, that component of self-care and how people really position that as a, a last priority when it should be a top priority. I also love actually, in fact, how your husband went about being like, you're going to prioritize yourself. I don't think that I hear that often from guys. I think more so it sounds as if they aren't even recognizing that their women need something more than the busy culture that we create ourselves in, especially around motherhood, because there's a thing thousand things to do and more every single day for our children. And especially when we're staying home with them, it, you have the cleanup, you have the food, you've got all of these pieces, right. To keep them sustained and yourself is sane. And so I'd love to talk about identity first and how that title of just mom was, was knowing that there's more to it. Yeah. Um, I, like people would ask all the time, like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm just a stay at home mom. And I kind of realized like when my husband asked me, I was like, I can, I can't tell you anything. I was like, I, if it doesn't, I'm like, it's all kid orientated or husband orientated. I couldn't answer what I wanted to do. He was like, I need you to remove me and the kids. I want you to think about only what you want to do by yourself. And I was like, read a book. Like, I want to read a book. And he was like, that's not a hobby. And I was like, um, but I, I want to just read a book. Like if I was by myself, I would just read a book. Like that's me. Um, the total nerd who's like, I just want to read a book. And I couldn't think of things. Like I couldn't come up with an, an activity or something else that really was not mom hat or wife hat or, you know, like that didn't necessarily have to bring me money. Um, like I felt like everything I had to, that I did had to have an extreme purpose. Um, so like my kids, I had to be productive with them. I had to be the good wife. And if I was going to do a hobby, it had to bring money in. I didn't want to take time away from the house and it not be worth it. And that's how I defined worth was based upon the dollars that it either cost or brought in. And I had to change my mindset a lot around that because I realized that my worth was far beyond a dollar amount. You couldn't put a dollar on my worth, but I was, I was trying to, and I had to remove that. I had to take that away and realize that by by investing in myself, I was then investing in my family. I was investing in my friendships and in life. Um, and I was doing so much more than what I was even giving myself credit for. Um, and so it was hard because at first I was like, yeah, I'm just this. And then I realized, no, you're, you're far more than that. You're more than just so-and-so or the title or the thing you gave yourself um, that, you know, there is a, there is more to that.
Yeah. And I think what's so powerful about that is that it started with your mind before it even was the unlock of your body associated to the activity, mm-hmm. right? It was like, in order for me to do this, something has to shift within me in order for me to do this consistently. And that valuation exchange and that worthiness factor, I think a lot of us feel that way. And it's not necessarily not just in what we do, but this started as just a hobby. And we say just, and it's this component of recognition that everything we do has purpose. Everything that we do, especially when there's a passion, a flow, a love, an alignment piece that comes to it, which you unlocked in the process of saying yes to this. And it was attached to your history, which I think is really important. If we go back to, I was a gymnast for 16 years. So I was like in the sweat gym all the time, like you were, I thought it was interesting that you did that and softball, because that's two totally different things. You don't often hear parallel together. But when you're used to team dynamics, when you're used to team conditioning, when you're used to pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone um, and knowing that there was that athleticism that came across it, it's like you have to connect the dots. And, and Steve Jobs said um, it's best to connect the dots backwards or it's easiest to connect the dots backwards. But I think it's important. And there are people even live listening now that are saying this is such a timely conversation because we know New Year's resolutions, goals, new you, new year, all that is kind mm-hmm. of in the midst. So talk to us, to the woman uh, who might just be getting started in this adventure. How can we flip her mind initially, and then also keep the momentum because that's the biggest thing we hear is like those go to the wayside within three weeks and the gym is actually mine again, which mine being the people who have been going to the gym for years, right? Right. Um, I always start with the concept of you are far more beautiful than you ever expect yourself to be. You are not giving yourself enough credit um, and you are stronger than you think and you're worthy. You are worthy of this. That is like one of the things that I tell my one-on-one clients and everyone I talk to, you know, I do morning motivation every morning and I continue to say, you are worth this. You are worth the time, the effort, the, the every, the investment, you are worth all of it. And I feel like so many times as moms, we go, oh, I'm not worth it. Like, oh, you know, the kids need it more than me or my spouse can use this more than me. The house needs it. The bills need it. Like, I see all of that. But I also need you to know that you're worth the time and putting yourself first is you are worthy of that. You are enough to put yourself forward and put yourself as an importance. And it is truly about prioritizing If you don't prioritize it, it's not going to happen. So you've got to be able to prioritize yourself as one of the first things that gets taken care of every single day. Because if you can't prioritize yourself, you're only giving your family 50%. Because if my cup is only 50% filled, I'm only giving them 50%, not the full 100. And so I need to be at 100 to be able to give them 100 And that takes time, but it takes a priority level too. I love the prioritization factor. And I think for me specifically, and I'd love to hear maybe some experiences you've had with other clients who do something different. I have to get it done in the morning. I have Mm -hmm. tried to shift and be like, oh, I'll do it in the afternoon because I have this like perfect little gap and my kids could be in the gym with me. And we have a downstairs like garage built out in that regard. And it always fell to the wayside. Because something else always became priority. 
And I wouldn't know where the day's trajectory was going to end up, whether my kid needed me for something, whether my husband needed me to do something, whether I was just really burnt out and overwhelmed or tired that afternoon and something else became priority or dinner cooking or who knows, right? There's always an excuse. So do you coach people to say like, knock this out first? Because I know that that's what works for me, but it might not be everybody's schedule ability. Um, so that's one thing I do talk about is time management um, and a lot of time blocking and write out your schedule. I have them do it. Write out your schedule for me. What does it look like? When can you consistently guarantee that gap? And if you can't guarantee it, then we need to find an alternative. Um, Cause I was that person that when I first started, it was in the afternoon after my husband got home from work, I would be like, okay, I'm going to go to the living room. Can you guys stay in the kitchen? Like, I need to see everybody. And he was like, this is ridiculous. And I, he, he just did it. He just was like, yes, dear, I'll sit in the kitchen. I love sure. your husband and I don't know him, but he's got good, he's already got my friendship. <laughs> um, he is probably more patient than I think anybody ever probably would have been with me. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do it. And then I got mad one day and I was like, but I can't guarantee I'm doing this. He's like, you need to get up earlier. And I was like, are you signing a death wish, sir? Do you, I'm sorry. I already do so much. How can you even like think about that? And so I was like, miss competitive. And I decided I was going to just go ahead and prove him wrong that getting up earlier was not successful. And now I get up at 4.30 every morning and I'm like, okay, so maybe you were right, but I won't say that out loud to you. You were right. I just feel um, like, I understand that completely. And I feel like that's one of the major things that I always hear from people is time. I don't yes. have time. And then when you try to take away from an already tired mama's time of rest, she's looking at you like her eyes are crossed and she's like, no way, no how that's not possible. And so right. I get that fully. And I think it's the experience of trying it and being consistent with it for a duration of time outside of a week because right. your body adjusts your time schedule, your internal alarm clock adjusts. You probably don't even have to set an alarm really anymore because you just wake up because you're used to it every single day. I'm the same. And when I wake up at three, I'm like, come on, God, I have a couple more minutes to sleep. But then I feel like every single time I feel like there's purpose in that. But that yeah. has been such sacred time for me. Uh, and I and I would love to hear how like really prioritizing that, having that self-care, having that wake up without nobody else in the household being there. How has that served your children and your husband, which are the two things that you originally prioritized? Um, it really helped me um, because I got the time to focus on me. I could fill my own cup. I could do whatever I needed to, whether it was my workout or it was reading or meditation. I could get myself cleared before I had to deal with life. I could focus myself, recenter myself. I could like do my own little personal prep talk, be like, okay, we've got today. Here's the day. You're going to kill it no matter what happens today. Like it was just that moment to like wake up and not have everybody in your face already is truly where I dealt with it. Um, you know, waking up with four kids, 90% of the time, they're already in your face. And you're like, hold on, I'm not even like functioning and alive yet. Like, let me wake up. And so it actually helped me be able to be ahead of the game and not trying to catch up. 
I was already ahead. I'm not playing catch up. Um, and it really helped me to, I could battle whatever was in my own head that morning or whatever was going on. I could battle it in the gym and then be cleared and ready to go for the day. Um, and that's what I had learned was that I started using the gym as my safe battle zone to combat all the like negative self-talk, any of the like self-doubt of, you know, like I had a rough day yesterday. How do I battle that today or come back from that today? And it was my place to show that, you know what, you are stronger than you think. You are more than you are giving your credit yourself credit for. It was that space. And so I felt stronger ever before the kids even woke up and they just helped solidify it. So it was great. I I totally am on the same place as that. And I think people forget, you know, they think about the physicality of it and that maybe you're doing it for weight loss or maybe you're doing it to just like have that sense of um, confidence, even in your relationship or in the mirror by yourself. Right. Let's talk about the people who aren't married, how critical it is also for their sense of confidence. Um, but I always so looked at it from like a spirituality perspective of like knowing <laughs> that we ask for God to give us all of these things all the time. We're always prayerful over what's to come and the recognition that if we're not ready if, for the race, if our endurance is not to that place, if our head and our heart space aren't prepared, uh, it's going to be really hard for him to give you anything without you floundering or faltering. It's like here, get on top of the water, step out of the boat. Oh, we are also going to have to tread water sometimes, but you don't even have the ability to do that from a heart space, like literally your heart condition. And exercise has the dopamine hit. It has the endorphin hit. It's why those adrenaline rush are healthy. And then you can go in and activate on every other part of your life. Um, I am, I literally hear you. I sense that I've been there. I think it's so important. I was a personal trainer and nutrition coach in my early twenties and it brought me so much joy, but it was before I understood my spirituality piece connected to that. And I also wasn't a mom yet. So here I am in the gym, this like 20 ish year old girl, and I'm teeny tiny at the point, right fresh out of all of my athleticism. I am coaching middle-aged women who are married, who have children, who have a career. And I'm like, oh, just do this, right? And so I think as I've grown and where you are in life, that you have such an empathetic lens to be able to serve people at a greater capacity, myself included, because I'm like, oh, now I understand what they're dealing with. Now I understand when your body starts to change and morph and you are still eating the same or still doing the same things. It's like those, that menopausal, I'm not near menopause at all, yeah. but like, I talk to those women and I get it on such a different level than I did when I was younger. Um, mm -hmm. So speak into like your genre of bracket of women and influence. I'm sure it's generally you, but is there another avatar that you've been surprised by um, that has come into your frame of influence? Um, it, Like right now, it's a lot of moms that are business owners or like, they, they work from home or they have a job and their moms. Um, it's those, those multifaceted women. Um, and a lot, all of my clients right now are moms and everybody's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, everybody I'm talking to right now is a mom. And I understand why. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to get dads because some of the conversation is starting to reflect and it's that parental thing of putting somebody else in front of yourself. 
Um, and so it's surprising that I'm getting some guys who are like, hey, I, I see you. I see what you're doing over there. Um, but my avatar right now is definitely just the mom. Um, and they're usually of multiple children or they have multiple like facets. So their mom and something else. Um, you also homeschool. Let's talk about that part, mm-hmm. right? So she's yeah. like a mom of four. She has this amazing business. She serves all these other moms, but there's a whole nother element of that. When someone says, I'm just a mom, the homeschooling element, I am a teacher. You are, you're an educator in the process. And so you wear uh, even more hats than what people might presume you do. Yeah. I want to know two things. One, why homeschooling? What made you choose that path? And secondly, when and at what point when you were doing this for yourself and you recognized that you wanted to develop this community, did you unlock that this is going to be a lucrative business as well? Um, so first off, why homeschooling? Um, my kids were, we're on year number three. So we're middle of year number three. Um, they were, my oldest has a reading delay. Like she has a difficulty with reading and comprehension. And so at the time, She was supposed to be getting a reading teacher, assistant, however you want to put that. And I thought I was being told that she was getting it all the time. And come to find out, she was only getting it like maybe once every two weeks. And she was struggling. And we would fight, like fight. We would come home and there would just be, there was tears, never ending worthy, like frustrations and negativity. Our house was so tense all the time. Um, and then I, my second, he is incredibly intelligent. So if you don't challenge him, he gets bored, meaning he can become the class clown very quickly. Uh, and so he was, I was getting calls all the time from either his teacher, the principal, things like that. And I was like, there's something going on where it's not just one and it's not occasionally, there's something going on. And so I had brought up the idea to my husband. I was like, so what do you think? Like I went to school to teach high school science. So this wasn't like too far off for me to teach. Um, so I was like, what do you think? And he's like, you're crazy, but if you want to more power to you. And I was like, sure. Um, so we're on year number three now and we have a great system. Um, everybody is successful. Uh, like my, my second is almost a full year ahead Um, I have started my homeschooling with the younger two and my, he's five, but he's actually a grade level up. So I teach him at a first grade level, but yet he's only at kindergarten. Um, so they are learning off of each other. Um, it's really made the bond within our house stronger and there's a lot less tension, a lot less difficulties when it comes to like just the thought process of school and the evenings are smoother. The the dynamic within the house has completely shifted. Um, so it's a lot better in that aspect um, when it comes to that. Really cool. It's really amazing. I, I know obviously just from the interim of time that I was homeschooling because of COVID in 2020, I like naturally have always been called an educator and I teach by profession. Like that's what I do through business coaching. Right. And so um, even my mom who had a daycare and preschool for years 
33 years. So I grew up with 12 kids in my house all the time and my mom teaching preschool. And so my, I would love, I mean, imagine having an actual in-home school instead of playing school with your siblings. I got to actually go and teach and to do art and read stories and do all this with these little ones. And so the parents would always say, are you going to be a teacher? And I was like, no, no, no. And when I had the opportunity with my kids, while there was definitely components because I was running a business, I was an administrator at the school and I was homeschooling. So it was a little nutty during that, that quick season from March to May. Um, however, I really did love it. And it reminded me of, of being with the kids like fully present in their education and making space for that and how important I think that that really is. And they were constantly like, can you be my teacher? Can you be my teacher? And I'm like, not for mama. However, I love reading with them. I love doing art projects with them. Um, and we do specific things. We get the KiwiCo um, science experiments that come monthly as a subscription. And like, I just, I love those pieces because I love school and I love education. I just never felt like it was quite right for me, but I really honor it, especially with the public school systems and things like that being the way that they are. Um, it's really amazing that you get to instill what you want instilled in them versus them coming mm -hmm. home with perhaps other ideologies that you don't agree with. Fit and Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. And we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. All right, so now I'll switch to the, the second question of my curiosity, uh, because this is a podcast for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. That's what FIT actually stands for. And so mm -hmm. I want them to hear, like, what was the generation of, of processing that you went through in order to say, I'm going to actually start this as a business and how it's evolved so that other people who are interested in nutrition and wellness could potentially take the same steps? Um, so I have to tell you that it actually started. So um, my cousin was a business owner by nature. Um, he was an incredibly intelligent man and he owned his own um, tax accountant firm. And so he was really very, very present in my life. And I've always looked up to him. Um, he wanted to you know, blaze his own trail um, in not like September a couple of months ago, but September last year, um, he actually passed away. And um, it was very tragic. And it was it hit really, really hard for me. Um, but it was a really good thing. Um, because it really propelled me in the way of tomorrow is not guaranteed. And it really showed me that it I can't make something a maybe now is now I have to step into 
I've always wanted to run my own business, but corporate was easier and corporate was guaranteed. And I did that option because it was easier and it was guaranteed and I didn't know. Um, But I always said I wanted to run my own business and that's what I wanted to be. And after he passed, literally two weeks later, I signed all the paperwork and I had my business officially opened. Um, And I had the name created and I had everything like through the federal government, like everything, because I was like, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I can't play maybes and one days because one day isn't guaranteed for me. And um, I always said that I never wanted my cousin's ripples to end at me. Um, He was such an impactful person. I never wanted it to stop at me. And I was going to continue to show the impact of another person and how important another person can be on somebody else. And so um, I just dove in. To be totally honest, I dove in head first. I love um, that. I'm it such turned- an activator. Like I'm like a push you out of the helicopter. We'll figure out how you're yep. going to get down. I probably have a bag or two on the back for parachute. You'll be fine. Um, but I think that's incredible. What a testimony to his life. And I'm curious, is that like where the name kind of derived from Sweet Disaster or was there more to it? Um, That one was one of those, the idea that you can be a work of art and still be a, a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time um, so that you can be this amazingly beautiful creation and yet still be in the process of working and creating new. Um, so it was the idea that I wanted others to understand that amidst the disaster of this moment and this journey and where you are in the chaos, like I always say there's chaos in my house 99% of the time. Literally the only reason it's quiet is because I've threatened them. Um, but there's oh, disaster. The podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, like there, there is, there's a disaster in that moment, but you are that sweetness within it. You are that great and amazing thing that is within the chaos and it's okay. And it's beautiful and it's amazing to see the transformations that are going about and that it might not look the most beautiful along the road, but the end is gorgeous. It is gorgeous at the end. And so that's where I brought up the whole sweet disaster because I just wanted everybody to realize that even amidst the chaos, there's something good. I love it. I feel like that's an amazing book title. Is that coming next? Um, I'm working on them. Yes. All right. I love that. So, so good. So I'm curious from like a monetization perspective, have you started, did you do this individually first? Were you doing group coaching? How did you set that piece up? Um, so I do a lot of, at first it was very much so one-on-one because I want everybody to feel like this is customized to them. Um, and now I still do the one-on-one, but I also like hybrided it so that that's not even a word, but we made a hybrid form of this. I love it. And, um, and you get the one-on-one coaching, but yet you still have the community. Um, because I think that knowing that there's other people along the journey with you makes it easier to handle, but yet you're still getting the one-on-one from me of, Hey, let's tighten this up. Let's go here push you in this direction, um, but yet still having that community and that guidance, um, especially because I do everything virtually. So I have people from Indiana, Tennessee, um, Illinois, I have them all over that um, you still get that community 
and yet you still, you don't have to be in the same gym, but yet you're still working together. I love that. I think it's really important. I think having like, they, they call it like a fit tribe. And in the book that I just wrote um, that came out last fall, Always Becoming, I actually have a whole uh, chapter about having a fit tribe and what, what importance that is um, and understanding that that's not just associated to your fitness and nutrition, but also to your family, to your friendship models, all business inclusive. Um, I think it's really important. They say, you know, your circle of influence is some of the five people um, that you're associated to. And a lot of times when we get into this like New Year's resolution set or new goal setting, and especially when it comes to our health and wellness, uh, we fall back into habitual routine or what is comfortable. Talk to me about how a lot of people utilize food as a comfort source rather than a fuel or a medicine. So a lot of people, it's the relationship they have with food. Um, it's a, uh, a coping mechanism. It's there. A lot of people that I've met are they're stress eaters or they're anxiety eaters, or they just have such a negative relationship because they've been told no, no, no. And they've done a lot of the yo-yo diets and they've done all of those things. Um, and I, I kind of blow everybody's mind and I'm like, I tell you, yes, if you're hungry, I want you to eat. If you're hungry, I need you to eat. I don't want you just to survive. I want you to thrive. It's not just surviving. Um, and I, I teach how to shift the plate so that you and your family can eat the same meal, but you just eat it differently. Um, and so it's been a lot of reprogramming the mindset of food doesn't have to be a drag. It can be fun. It can be different. Um, and it can be positive. And showing them, like, how, how do these things work together to help you? And giving them knowledge, because that knowledge is power, to have them understand why do they need that. I do a lot of why conversations. And telling them, like, why you need that. Why you need that snack. What the importance is to breakfast. Um, because that's, if you understand the why, more people are likely to go, okay, I get it. So let's try that. Um, but I do a lot of, yes, creating the positivity when it comes to food is huge. I'm not going to tell you no. And a lot of people are like, how am I going to lose weight then? And I'm like, oh, I promise you, you'll drop it. It's just in a different way. Like, I'm going to have you lose it differently. Um, I'm not going to do a lot of no's. I'm going to have you do a lot of yeses. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And I think allows people to step into it more confidently. Because I think when they think of anything associated to nutrition or losing weight connected, they immediately go towards that negative diet culture or the, the skinny tricks, right? That don't last forever. And, and this is something even in parallel to um, taking away something um, like if you're taking away a food concept uh, or alcohol, for instance, or I'm in the middle or I'm not in the middle, I'm on day one, let's be honest, day one, because it just started, I didn't, I didn't skip or fail yet. Day one of a 21 day class with my um, church. And, you know, they, they tell you not to think about the longevity of it, but the day, right? I can fast today. 
I cannot drink today if that meets you. I cannot eat this concept today. And if you can get through that day, then you have the strength and endurance to get through the next day. But giving them that yes, it, it's, it's a really different concept. I love the shifting of the plate, especially knowing that when you have a lot of children, when you have kids, that you have a husband who would eat something drastically different than you and they can lose weight in a heartbeat. So it's not really about the food, right? It's got a whole nother story that you have to parallel and also nurture I have a lot of friends who they'll make an entire other dinner than what their spouse and kids are doing. And that does get exhausting. That does get tiring. That does get the feeling of impossible or that you're doing double the work on every single thing that you're doing. So I think that's really empowering for people. Uh, a really good marketing message, by the way, and uh, a way that you can really entice people in a, in a different a different mindset towards everything. We do something in our house called landscape design. We teach it a lot. And it's basically this idea that if you create the landscape that is healthy and good for you to exist in, then these quick temptations or emotional eating or comfort eating or things like that cannot happen as easily. So for instance, if we clean out our pantry to the extent of only things in there being things like rice, oatmeal, maybe soups um, and nuts and popcorn kernels, because we love popcorn. That's probably our, our biggest family vice. And, and then knowing everything else is from the fridge and it's all raw, organic. You can have it at any point. And there is not a tub of ice cream in there. When I have that sweet tooth and I really want the tub of ice cream, am I really going to put on my shoes, get my car keys, get in the car, organize, make sure the kids are okay, or take them with me? Probably not. I'm not going to do the grocery store run. I'm going to be like, man, all right, I'll have popcorn or all right, I'll make something different. I'll have a, a sweet tea or, or something different. Right. And so I, I think landscape design is really fundamental to how we eat and operate and also how we're teaching our kids to do the same thing, because I think we can create something as a parent. We can start something new as as the mom or the head of the household um, or a big influence in the household. And then we're not actually giving everybody else the tools and resources to do the same how do you talk about like the family dynamic piece? Um, well, I it is a family thing um, because I'm feeding not just me. I'm feeding six people like there's a whole slew of people in my house that I have to feed. Um, and I'm lactose intolerant, but no one else is. So it's a lot of different things of like the fact of, no, I'm not making something different just because you're a picky eater, or I'm not making myself something different just because I maybe can't eat that. Um, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of empowerment within my own house of, well, we work together. So why don't we all talk about what do we want for dinner? Let's get the kids involved and, they help make dinners and dinners are never like extensive long things. Um, if dinner takes more than 30 minutes, y'all, it isn't happening. Like it just isn't um, because we just don't have the time. You're I'm usually running and there's a kid here and my husband's not home yet and we got to go there. So it's got to be quick meals. But yet I empowered them to understand what the importance of these things is. And just like you're saying, the landscape is, if it's not there, no one's really tempted. But at the same time, I will still do, I do the 80-20 is what I tell a lot of people. 80% of the time, we're going to eat really, really clean. 
there's still, we're still going to do ice cream treats and we're going to still have the occasional candy in the house. Like, I'm not going to tell them that they can't, like, it's Christmas. You know, we just went through Christmas. There's a bunch of candy in the house right now. Um, but it's within moderation. It's the concept of, have you eaten all of your food before we do that? Um, and really empowering them to make the right choices, but also not punishing when the negative is chosen. Like, I can't fault them for wanting a candy when it's sitting on the counter. I probably should have put it away. Um, so I look at it and I kind of do one of those where I'm like, okay, but now we got to make sure we eat really good for dinner. If you're going to have that snack today, make sure you don't lose your appetite for dinner or like, you know, things like that, where it's not such a negative relationship when it comes to the family. And it is truly empowering all of them to say yes. Yeah, that's really powerful. And and we do the same, the 80-20 concept, especially when kids go to a birthday party or, or different things like that, where we're not necessarily in control of what they're eating that's really where a lot of our 20% comes into play or we for Christmas were on vacation with my sister and her family for 10 days. They eat drastically different than us. And so being okay with what it was because we can only control so much. Um, but then realizing that we're going to go back to our routines when we get home. Uh, and, and that's the same thing for us as adults and it's really no different. And so I'm just, I am excited that there are people out there that are teaching this to not only just the mom as an individual entity, but to the family, because it really is a generational experience. Fitness and food are, are something that are never going to go away. This is not a, a new idea, right? This is just, it's a God idea that has to be sustaining for us to show right. up and be the vessels that we're intended to do. So in the mindset health realm, do you infuse like faith in the midst of that? I do. Um, I do have them. You know, I understand that we are all of different faiths, um, but I do have the concept of, making sure that we have that meditation, um, take that time for prayer and take the time for yourself um, to grow in your faith. Uh, and, and I do encourage them to understand that a lot of this is, it's God-given talents. It's their own beauty within them. It's endowed by God. Like you were created this way. I'm not making you see anything that you weren't created with. Like he made you this amazing. I'm just letting you see that amazing beauty within you. Um, and so I definitely do talk faith. Um, and I know that like some people I talk more faith than others. Um, so that's why I do a lot of the one-on-one -on -one when it comes to that. Cause I want everybody to feel super comfortable, um, but feel open to having different conversations when it comes to it. That's awesome. That's really good. And it, it brings me like butterflies almost as I'm thinking through the beauty and the recognition that the worthiness and value, which is what we started this conversation, is so connected to beauty. And for us as women to understand how important and integral our beauty is to showcasing the character of God, but also showcasing like the empathy and the strength, but also the, the endurance and the, the empathy that exists within us as women, I think is really powerful. Um, and I love that you're bringing that out in people all the time. So when you think through, and I know you have a, a full you know, bushel of women that you're serving right now, which is such a gift. Um, what is, what is 2022 look like for you? What is the like evolution of your company look like 
Are there more resources that you want to provide? Are there new outlets that you want to do? Um, so we have a lot more meetups scheduled this year. So um, group and community meetups. So we call it our village and we're getting some village meetings together um, across the country. And we have one in Indiana in January, one in Nashville in March. Um, so doing a lot of those types of things, because I want to get the community together. We've been so distant. I want them together. Um, I am going to be starting um, classes. So they're virtual classes, just like you would get at any gym, but you get the convenience of bringing it at home. Um, we have everything from like a mommy and me class to strength classes, cooking classes, different fun things that you get to see and experience like life. Um, but it's with another, you know, with a group of people and um, just growing, just growing as a community. Um, I have some new some things that aren't fully aligned yet, but they're in alignment. They've started. Um, so we're getting things in line where we're growing. Um, there's going to be a podcast this year. Um, if not two, one business related and one that's going to be, um, so good. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, when those come out, you have to let me know. I'll surely share them with the community because this conversation has been golden. I know that all the people that are here live who have been conversating with us are really excited about the conversations and how it's been impactful for them um, in a new powerful way to think. And so I think we know that so many things, especially when it comes to our health and wellness, it starts with the mind and that's what you're doing and going after. It's, it's very empowering and also knowing that it's associated to the connective factor of being a mom, being a wife, being a homeschool mom having all of these pieces of our identity that feel convoluted. And yet this is such a priority. And so I'm excited for everyone who's in your community. What's the specific way that they can get in touch with you on Instagram most, or where are you hanging out? I'm on both. Um, so I'm Instagram, I'm Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's going to be Steph Polson on Facebook. It is Stephanie Polson. Um, but that's where you're going to find all the different things. Cool. And all the links, of course, are added below here and on any of the channels that you're listening. And so definitely tag us, share this out. We would love to just get in community with you, knowing you as a listener. And Stephanie, it's been such a joy. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for more people to understand the sweetness in their potential disaster or current disaster. And I hope that they start the new year off strong. Uh, we, everyone's online right now. Thank you guys for being here. And they're telling you, thank you for sharing. So thanks again, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. Absolutely. Bye, y'all. Go after it. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. 
I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.